Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Amen. Well, come with me. I'm going to, uh, we're going to open, I want to read from the book of Ezekiel. Thank you, Dr. Matt. From the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel 47 says, In my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. Let me just stop right there. What, what's happened right now is Ezekiel is in Babylon. He's not in Israel. He's not in Jerusalem. He's in Babylon. In fact, the, the, Ezekiel opens that he was one of the captives who was in Babylon, taken by Nebuchadnezzar to Babylon. So he's in a foreign land. And, you know, Ezekiel opens where he was by the river Kabar and he has that vision of the wheels within wheels and the seraphim and the cherubim and the four angels and all that kind of stuff. And Ezekiel is a prophet who's spending his entire time prophesying in a foreign land, prophesying while in captivity. Of, of a day where Israel would again be repopulated. The temple would flow again. Services would commence again. And Israel would be restored against all odds, against all hopes. Ezekiel would be restored as a nation. You, most of you are familiar with Ezekiel 37, the valley of the dry bones. Son of man, can these bones live? Because the, the children of Israel are saying it's hopeless, it's destitute. Israel's destroyed, the temple's burnt to the ground, its gates, its cities are are all wiped out. Nebuchadnezzar has taken us to Babylon and it's not just one year or seven months, it's 70 years of captivity, 70 years. So that means there's a generation that grew up that only knew captivity. And even though they only knew captivity, their heart was stirred towards hope because there was a rehearsal. People spoke about the promises of God. It's very, very easy. When, when Leanne and I grew up in, in, in Australia, if I was honest with you, um, when I first came to America, I was awestruck by... At the airport, you'll have a Joel Osteen book. You'll have a Joyce Meyer book. You'll have uh, Christian books by Christian authors there in the airport. I would see billboards, God bless America. In Australia, they they gave up on God long ago. It's it's the atheists. It's the the only time you would have saw anything mentioning God in, in a bookstore at the airport. It was the God delusion by Richard the Dawkins. And uh, in Australia, the the, the culture was so skeptical. I remember getting getting threatened in a school by a head producer of the ABC because I was teaching that evolution doesn't work. And um, so the principal kind of said, hey, listen, we let you come in and teach scripture. 
And, uh, but you need to understand, like, we've, this, this guy is really angry and wants you banned from the school. And I said, well, why, why does he want me banned? Well, you know, you can't come in here and, and, you know, teach creation over evolution. And I said, well, I thought this is a, an educational facility. He's like, it is. I said, well, aren't you meant to, like, give people facts and then let them make up their own minds? He goes, well, I guess so. I said, I'm just giving him facts. And, uh, and I said, I'd, I'd be happy to, to, to debate the guy. And, you know, it was like, it was just crazy. So, so you need to understand that, that our, our assignment for, for our generation is to expose them to something they haven't seen or experienced. And the only way we can do that is we have to rehearse what God did. We, the, the, the children of Israel were, 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 were caught in a conundrum because they only experienced captivity. They heard of the temple. They heard the stories of David and Goliath. They heard of Moses. They celebrated the Passover. What is the Passover when God delivered so that hope and then at the same time, the prophetic. So we, we have to live in the place where we tell people what God said and then we tell people what God is saying. The first temptation in the wilderness, the first satanic attack on Christ, he says, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. In other words, just live temporary, live for here and now, use all your power, all your resources, just, just for immediate gratification. And Jesus says, watch this, he says, it is written. It is written. In other words, God has said, it is written. Uh, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In other words, he's saying to the devil, let, let me just tell you where I live. And it causes me to live above my, my appetites, my hunger. It causes me to, to live. I live on what God has said and what God is saying. I live in between what God has said and what God is saying. One of, one of the reasons that we, we, we uh, fought so, so hard against the spirit that was over San Diego to make sure that we will uh, be a champion for the Holy Ghost is because people need to not just know what God said. When, when we first moved here, we, we visited a few churches and all of them had the same thing. You, you, you turned up, they gave you like a newsletter and it had the sermon. The sermon was already there and it was, you know, and Jesus had blank disciples. The answer is 12, 12 disciples. And, you know, and they went about, you know, the town of blank Nazareth, you know, and you just filled it in. And it was like, and I'm like, my God, that you just wasted people's time. You just wasted an hour, like what God has said. And it's like, hey, you're a good Christian if you know what God has said. And it's important to know what God has said. But the church also needs to communicate, hey, we want to tell you what God is saying. We want to tell you what God is saying. People disconnect from God if they only think that God said stuff, but he stopped speaking. They need to know that, that, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God has said, and God is still speaking. How do you know if what God is speaking is from God or not? It's very easy because what God is speaking lines up with what God has said. God, what God is speaking doesn't contradict what God has said. So if someone gives you a prophecy and it kind of goes against scripture, it just discount it because God, God is not bipolar, he's not schizophrenic, he doesn't say one thing over here and then something else over there, it's always congruent. What God, 
what God has said is similar to what God is saying. But the world that we live in in San Diego needs to know what God is saying. What is God saying about the economy? What is God saying about some of the woke cola that we're, we're being forced to drink? What is God saying about the political landscape? What is God saying about Washington, D.C.? What is God saying about California? What is God saying about marriage? What is God saying about family? What is God saying about finances? What is God's... People need to hear what God is saying. But... To, to position yourself into a place where, where, where what God is saying comes at a high price. And so that's, that's where we want to go today. So in my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. So he's in Babylon, but he's in a vision and he sees the temple. And there I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on its south side, the man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around to the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the eastern gateway. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for 1,750 feet. And then he led me across and the water was up to my ankles. And he led me, he measured off another 1,750 feet and led me across again. This time the water was up to my knees. After that, another 1,750 feet and it was up to my waist. Then he measured another 1,750 feet and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. He asked me, have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the riverbank. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert. This river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. Fresh and pure. Fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. If you're underlining anything, life will flourish wherever this water flows. Fishermen will stand along the, the shores of the Dead Sea all the way from Engedi to en Eglam. The shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea just as they fill the Mediterranean. But the marshes and the swamps will not be purified. They will remain salty. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall. And there will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month for they they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for healing. I honestly believe that that, that is God showing Ezekiel more than just the temple in Israel. But he had to restore it. I believe that that is a picture of God's temple, God's church, God's expression in the earth. And so uh, the, the title of my message today is a heavenly flow into the earth. If you said to me, what, what is, what is the, the, the purpose of, of the church? The church is not meant to be just a place where we tell people what God has said. The church is actually meant to be the vessel, the vehicle in the earth that brings a flow from heaven into the earth. 
There is a river that flows from under the throne of God, it says in the book of Revelation, and it's, it complements this scripture. There should be a flow. There should be a flow of healing. There should be a flow of power. There should be a flow of life. There should be a flow of deliverance. There should be a flow. The first thing that we see is that, that this flow, this life overcomes death. Death is overcome with life. That's the first point. There, there, is, there is death in the, the Dead Sea. There is decay in the Dead Sea. It's, it's not a pretty place to swim. You can't get the water in your eyes. It's so, so salty. In, in the summer, the water gets up to 92, so it's not even refreshing. But nothing lives in the Dead Sea. No fish can live because of the, the alkalinity, because of how salty it is. Nothing can live in the Dead Sea. There are places where there are marshes that are just stagnant and the stench is horrible. But isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that when these waters flow into the Dead Sea, it transforms death to life. It transforms what is decayed back into purity. That's our assignment in the earth. It's, it really is a picture that, 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 that Ezekiel would understand because in, in uh, Israel, there are two bodies of water. There's the Sea of Galilee teeming with life. And then there's the Dead Sea where, the, where everything is dead. So, so God is always showing life and death, life and death. And, and the, the difference between the two is that the, the Dead Sea has an entrance, but never gives out. It just receives, receives. And the spirit of this world is all about give me, give me, give me. But in the Sea of Galilee, it receives from the Jordan, but it also has an outlet. It also gives. It becomes a conduit. We, we give our lives to Christ at the altar. We give our lives to serve. We give our, our time to volunteer. We, we, we give our vision builders offerings. We, we, we give. When you're giving, you're in the flow. The moment we stop giving our lives, we stop giving God glory. We start giving honor where honors do. We stop giving preference to one another, the Bible says. When we stop giving, we stop the flow of heaven. The, the, the flow of heaven is determined by, by the level that we give our lives. We give our lives to the things of God. The Bible says, lean not on your own understanding, but you know, acknowledge God and then you'll make it. So I, I don't give myself to my own understanding. I give myself whether I agree with it or not, to the Word of God. The Word of God has the first and the last. It has the first and the final say in my life. When you give yourself over to saying, you know what, this may not appease my flesh, this may not appeal to my intellect, but I'm going to go with what God has said. God has said, then you're going to find that there's, there's a, an incredible flow. And the, the, you know, I think the, our job really is to, to make sure that that all of our services, wherever we are, it's not about going through the accoutrements of the service or the, 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 the logistics of a service. It's to make sure that everything we do releases that flow, has that, that flow of the Holy Ghost, has that flow of power, has that flow of life. The heavenly waters, as it went through, through the, the, the temple into the earth, it revived everything that was dead. You know, our job, in fact, the church's job, and it has been like that for 2,000 years, wherever the church has gone, life follows. It revives. If you look around America, it's not just the Democrat cities that are, that are a mess. It's, there's a reason. 
And it's not because God favors one political party over. He couldn't care less. What God actually favors is his word. God watches over his word, his word alone. He watches over his word to perform it. So the places that are friendly to the word of God are thriving. The places that reject the word of God, that rebel against the word of God are dying. And those, those, those cities are filled with crime. They're filled with violence. They're filled with perversion. They're filled with murder. They're filled with division. They're filled with divorce. They're filled with brokenness. They're filled with because of a rejection of the word of God. But the Bible teaches us that there is a, a force that is greater than death, and it's the force of life. It's th this, this flow. This flow transformed. People will walk into our churches in every location, every place where we plant a location. Our desire is that we create that flow, that we generate that flow. We don't just have church services. We have heavenly experiences. People come into a place where there's a flow of the Holy Spirit, where there's a move. We, we, we live above intellect. Why? Because lives are transformed. We want to go into ev every sphere. If you've been around our Pathfinders, we identified there are seven pillars of society. Every single one of those outside of the Word of God will die. Every single one of those will become defiled and corrupted. Our job is to go into what is defiled and corrupted and turn them pure again. Bring, bring purity of worship and purity again in education and purity to the political realm. The D.C. swamp, the wickedness that, that we're seeing in America, but it's all being exposed. The FBI, the, what was meant to be the justice agency is now the injustice agency where you can have, you know, uh, a son of a of a resident with a P um, <laughs> with hookers, underage, exploitation, crack cocaine, drugs, crack in the White House, crack in the White House, but the FBI don't know who brought it in. There's only cameras everywhere. There's only the highest level of security, but they don't know who brought it in. And then you have somebody who's got, you know, 92 charges. Not one of them is illegal. He got people to watch Newsmax on the... No, he did. What? That, well, you got to punish him for that. He got people to watch. And so, so we, li we live in a time where, where the church has to get back to the flow. And the, the, the danger is that the devil doesn't want the flow. He, he, he wants us to replace the flow with, with religion. Religion is all about ritual, tradition, and, and it's, it's a substitute. When we were in Israel, uh, Israel, when we were in Italy, we saw the Italians had great faith, but the devil hijacked that faith by giving them religion, by giving them a counterfeit. We're not going to settle for religion. We want to make sure that we bring life everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. The second, the second thing that really jumped out at this is, and there are two scriptures I, I want to turn to, um, is what I call the sons of Zadok. The sons of Zadok. If, if, you, if you read the Bible, which we always encourage, um, you, you'll find that um, the temple was corrupted because the priests became corrupt. Because the priests were corrupted, the people defiled themselves. Because the priests worshipped idols, the people worshipped idols. It all goes back to the priests. That's why, there's a, that's why there's a higher call. The Bible says, you know, don't everybody profess to be teachers. Don't you know that you come under a stricter judgment? Well, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, you're on a platform and 
you're, you're preaching to others. Are you living what you're preaching? And let me tell you, I can hear from heaven better than I can live heaven on the earth. I can hear, oh my gosh, that's amazing. But then actually putting it into my life and telling my flesh, I got to sit my flesh down and say, flesh, I just heard this from heaven. And my flesh is like, yeah, I'm not into it. No, 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 this is an awesome, this is, this is where we're living. Nah, 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 if I do that, I'm going to miss out on this, 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 and this. I'm like, oh, oh where, do you, where do you want to live? Like, you can't live down there. And so there's this battle between the flesh and the spirit. And so uh, come with me, Ezekiel 44, verse 15 and 16. It says, however, the Levitical priests of the family of Zadok continued to minister faithfully in the temple when Israel abandoned me for idols. These men will serve as my ministers. They will stand in my presence and offer the fat and the blood of the sacrifices, says the sovereign Lord, for they alone will enter my sanctuary and approach my table to serve me. They will fulfill all my requirements. And then, then one, more, one more scripture, go over to... Um, Ezekiel 48, 11 says, This area is set aside for the ordained priests, the descendants of Zadok, who served me faithfully and did not go astray with the people of Israel and the rest of the Levites. So the sons of Zadok, if you do a little study on Zadok, Zadok was with David. He was one of David's mighty men. But he became priest because he was from the Levitical, the Levitical line. And I thought, isn't it interesting that that, Zadok was one of his mighty men. Zadok was one of his mighty men, one of his warriors. And now the sons of Zadok, God says, when the temple's rebuilt, the only priests who are going to be allowed to minister, the rest of the Levites, they can take care of the, the, uh, the doors and the, the gates and the cleaning and the setting up of the chairs. But the only people who are ministering are going to be the sons of Zadok. Because the sons of Zadok, when everybody else was unfaithful, they remained faithful. When everybody worshipped idols, they didn't worship idols. They, 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 they held fast to me. Because they held fast to me, I'm going to hold fast to them. Only the sons of Zadok in their generation. Can I just tell you, God's, God's temple has a flow. But that flow can be, be, be defiled, can be snuffed out. If you and I as priests don't, don't learn that what pleases God is, is sons of Zadok, people that stand apart from their generation, people that stand out from their generation. It's really interesting, you know, um, there are some verses missing from your Bible. One of those will be Matthew 17, 21, unless you have a New King James or a, um, an NASB. Matthew 17, 21 is where Jesus cast out a demon and the disciples couldn't cast it out. And they come to Jesus and said, how come we couldn't cast it out? Because of your unbelief. You know, and then he says, but I tell you the truth, this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. This kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. That's Matthew 17, 21. This kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. What that means is that, that you and I should be in a, 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 like a regular rhythm of prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. I remember when we were leaving New Zealand to go to Australia, and I'm on the plane, I've got a window seat and I'm watching and I see the, the beautiful opera house and the harbour bridge and my heart leapt. I was, I was back in the land where I grew up. I was back in Australia, beautiful beaches, beautiful weather and I was so excited. And just as we're coming past 
as my heart leapt with excitement, I heard the Holy Spirit almost like in a grief say, Jürgen, when you get to Sydney, please don't become like Sydney. And I was like, I'm like, God, what are you talking about? Look at the beautiful harbor and the beautiful harbor bridge. And, the, and then I heard it a second time. When you get to Sydney, please don't become like Sydney. And I didn't understand until, you know, Leanne and I, maybe a couple of years in, we're talking about the, the culture of where we were living. How it was an entitled culture and an idolatrous culture. And then we began to realize what God was saying. That, that I enjoy San Diego. I enjoy going to Italy. I enjoy Germany. I enjoy all of those things. And I have a passport to, to, to live in those, those, those beautiful regions and experience those regions. But I cannot forget that my citizenship is actually in heaven. My citizenship is in, in heaven. That even though I live in San Diego and enjoy San Diego, I must understand that my higher, my higher ideal is I have to live as, a, as an ambassador and a representative of heaven in the earth. Paul says all things are beneficial. Sorry, Paul says all things are permissible. All things are, but not all things are beneficial. All things are permissible, but I'm not going to be brought under the power of any one thing. So I enjoy going to the vineyards, but I'm not going to be taken captive by wine. I, I, I enjoy great food, but I'm not going to be overcome by... We, we live in the world, but you need to understand that, that your flesh, because it came from the ground, it came from the earth, is, is constantly wanting to be pulled down. And the disciples who ten, uh, seven chapters earlier had the authority to drive out the demonic had the authority to shift people from being oppressed and, and demonized to being free and liberated. Seven chapters later had lost the power and they didn't understand. And Jesus says, it's because you've become like the world around about you. This kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. Is there a distinction between you and every other San Diegan? Is there a distinction? Now, God wants you to enjoy the earth. He made it for you to enjoy. But at the end of the day, you need to understand that you and I, the Bible says that we are pilgrims, that we are foreigners in a strange land, that our citizenship is in heaven. Can people tell that, that you live under a, a different set of rules? Can people tell by looking at your life that you live to higher ideals? The sons of Zadok were chosen, hand-selected. And, and the, I just read you a couple of verses. It's again and again and again. I had to do a study. I'm like, who are these sons of Zadok? The rest of the Levites, God says, I know the Levitical priest and I know the Aaronic priesthood. Zadok comes from that line, but I'm purifying things again. Only the sons of Zadok are able to stand in my presence. That They are the ones alone who will carry because when everybody else went south, when everybody else went AWOL, when everybody else went idle, when everybody else went compromised, when everybody else went Woca-Cola, these are the ones who stood and they stood up and they stood out. I believe, I honestly believe that God has called us to live to a higher level, to live to a higher ideal. <clears throat> you, you, you've all heard the story where, where, you know, I felt God speak to me and say, hey, um, I don't want you to, to practice what you preach anymore. And I'm like, this is the devil. Get thee behind me. It's important. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I'm going to practice what I preach. He says, no, I want you to flip it. I want you to preach what you practice. I want you to preach what you, before you give it to the people, I want you to apply it to your life. Because when you see how difficult, it's very easy to espouse ideals.
The Bible says that Jesus taught them as one who had authority, not like the scribes and Pharisees. The scribes and Pharisees, they would just interpret the Torah. They weren't living it, but they could interpret it. And there was no, there was no, there was no anointing. There was no uh, on, their, on their words. There was no uh, on their teaching. But Jesus, when he walks into the temple, has power, so much power that an unclean spirit in a person who had been coming to church every week until Jesus turned up, all of a sudden, the spirit realizes this guy is carrying a purity. This guy is, is in the earth, but he's not of the earth. You and I are called to be like Christ. We are in the earth. But once you're born again, you are no longer of the earth. You are born again. You are born of heavenly seed. Your life should represent heavenly DNA. You should represent your heavenly Father in the earth. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. There should be a paper trail of your life bringing healing and deliverance and freedom and breakthrough because you and I carry heavenly DNA. But the devil is the great defiler. The devil wants to defile. He wants to pull you down. He wants you to just be like everybody else. He wants to snuff out the light. He wants to snuff out the power. He wants to, to, to defile the flow. It, it, you know, we, we spent a whole bunch of money putting a water purifier in, 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 in our house. And, you know, because California's known to have hard water. We have so many, you know, minerals in our water that it's not good for your skin and, you know, eczema and you can't drink it and everything. So we got a water purifier. And I think we spent like six grand at Costco to put the water purifying. But can you imagine if the plumber came over as, you know, and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to, um, I've got these, I've got these old pipes in the back of the truck and I'm going to just, you know, put some, put these, and you're looking at them and they're full of rust. Like, hang on, what are you doing with those? Oh, well, I had them lying around. They're just in the back of the truck. I thought, but they're all rusty and dirty. Yeah, but the water's pure. What are you talking about? Yeah, but the water's got to flow through those things. The heavenly water's pure, but you and I are the pipes. You and I are the pipes. It's not popular preaching. Holiness is never popular preaching. It's amazing, you know, because uh, we, you know, we call it, you know, holiness. And, but the Bible, it's amazing. The priest's job was to teach them between the holy and the common the clean and the unclean. There was a man in the temple who had an unclean spirit. The devil wants, he knows he can't stop heaven's flow, but he can certainly get figure out, oh, 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 that tastes rusty. Oh, I don't want any more of that. When he can clean, clean pipes. There's something... You know, there used to be a saying, cleanliness is next to godliness. Don't live according to the standards of the world. You and I are called to live according to a heavenly standard so that what flows through us. And the next one is life will flourish. I think I, I, I might have written a flourish is the litmus. There it is. Flourish is the litmus test. It says that when these, when these waters um, hit the, the Dead Sea, that everything lives, everything flourishes, everything thrives. If I was honest with you, Leanne and I have a measure of whether we're, whether we're doing this thing called Awakened Church right. 
And that measure is we listen to testimony. We listen to people. And I can't tell you, there's not a week that goes by where we're not in the mall or at coffee or out on a walk and we meet somebody and they say, we've been going to Awaken for X amount of months or years and changed my life. My life is thriving. My life is flourishing. Our marriage was dead. We were separated. Our finances were dead. We, we had a poverty mentality. We struggled with this and now we're thriving. We just had a, a, a few vision builders dinners and one family who uh, you know, were Catholic for 61 years came in and when they heard about tithing, you know, the, the, this young lady was saying how you know, if you saw a $10 bill in the, the offering plate in the Catholic church, that was a good Sunday. And then she says she gets to awaken because we were the only place open. And then she begins to hear about this 10%, this tithe thing. And so she just, she said it took seven months for her to get to, to the, t so she starts tithing. And then all of a sudden we introduce vision builders. And so she's like saying to her husband, I, you, I can't, you, I don't even tell me, I can't, I've just got around the whole 10% thing. And he heard from God and he's like, you know, we're right. And then he said this, that his accountant says, you can't write off quick enough to save taxes because of how blessed you are. He said that, that our, our company is, is making this year 50% more than, than last year. We can't keep up with the blessing of God. We can't keep up. And then they're saying, we just wrote our biggest check and then we're giving another bigger check and we were gonna fulfill our Vision Builders Pledge. And then God spoke to us and said, actually don't keep fulfilling the Vision Builders Pledge, but give that as an offering on top of like you're doubling your, and, and, and but th these, are, these are people who walked in 61 years in another denomination, 61 years in another, and they walk into this house where there's a flow of heaven. For me, for me, for me, it's, it's the litmus test. If, if, and I say to people, you know, you, because people will say, oh, you know, they're false teachers and that, you know, Pastor Jurgen, he's, you know, he's in it for the money because I left engineering, you know, 150000 a year to go into ministry at about twelve or $13,000 a year when we started because I was motivated by money. I mean, stupid people say stupid things. And, uh, but all they'll say stuff like, oh, well, you know, they preach, a, they preach a perverted gospel. They preach a prosperity gospel. Prosperity is all the way through the Bible. You can't separate the gospel from prosperity. In other words, the word gospel means good news. What do you preach of poverty? Good news. Hey, good news. You're going to struggle and eke your way through life. Probably won't be able to afford your, your rent. <laughs> You're going to be thrown out on the street. You children, yeah. And we'll be going to college. You can give that up. And your car, going to be repoed. You're going to struggle all your life. You're going to probably be eating out of the trash cans. Oh, it's the gospel. Like, are you serious? Like, what, what, what Bible are you reading? My, my, my Bible says, my Bible says that you are blessed going in, blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the country. Jesus says, go and preach the gospel to the poor. Well, if, if, if it's a poverty gospel, why would you preach it to the poor? They're already poor. They're like, yeah, we know that. Got it. Eking our way through life, got it. Struggling, yeah, evicted, got it. Why would you preach the gospel to the poor? Because it's good news to the poor that you don't got to be poor no more. 
that you can have breakthrough, you can flourish, you can, wherever the water went, it flourished. And the Bible says that when I looked at the banks of the river, the trees along the bank were bearing fruit every month, not every season, not once a year, every month, every month. Like it defied the natural. Can I, can I just tell you this? I am absolutely convinced when, when, we, when we have positioned the church in the place where our desire is to allow God's river to flow into the earth, what we will see is supernatural blessing, supernatural favor, where it's not just, hey, once a year we have a bumper crop and, and our business, but it's like it's not even you know once every three months, once a quarter. It's like every month. I can't believe this. Every month there's more fruit. Every month there's more blessing. Man, what do we do with all this blessing? How many people know that you are blessed to be a blessing? God says that he, Jesus uh, became a curse, Galatians 3. 13 to redeem us from under the curse that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. What is the blessing of Abraham? That you are blessed to be a blessing. The blessing's not meant to be consumed just by us because it's too much. The, the blessing of God on your life is for other people to flourish, that you are blessed to be a blessing, that God wants to prosper you and increase you. Why? Because there's a broken, hurting world around about us that God wants to minister to. So we're meant to flourish. The last one is, is obviously prosperity, blessing, and healing. It says when these, when these uh, waters are healed, that these fruit trees bear fruit every, every month. The leaves and the fruit are for food and for healing. For food and for healing. And I thought, isn't, isn't that just such a beautiful picture of the church? When you come into, into the house of God, you'll find your life flourishing. You'll find your life being more fruitful because you, you're in, under a different stream. You're under a different spirit. The Spirit of God brings life. Every area in my life that was dead, every area that was destroyed by idolatry and uh, infidelity in my father, uh, the atheism, the rejection of God, the, the things of this world, everything that was dead. When I got married, I, I couldn't repair all the damage. And so all I did was just allow the Holy Spirit to fill me, to walk through my life, praying the Holy Spirit. And I found the Spirit of God went into the dead areas, went into the marshes, went into the swamps, went into the Dead Sea, went into the things and began to bring healing in those areas, began to bring deliverance in those areas. I found that there's not a month that goes by where, where there's not great fruit in our lives, great fruit in our family, great fruit in our finance, great fruit in our marriage, great fruit in our friendships, great fruit in our relationships. Blessed to be a blessing. Uh, you know, on top of that, like when you, when you come to the Lord, He prepares a table in the presence of your enemies. You find that you're fed, that you're fed and that you're, 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 you're nourished in the things of God. But the Bible says, and the leaves are for healing. I love the fact that our job is to heal what is broken. We heal broken marriages. We heal poverty mentalities. It's amazing how many people, they come in with a, with a survive mentality and they need to get a thrive mentality. I was talking to somebody the other night again at, at one of these dinners and they said, you know, their whole life, they just, they didn't even realize 
realize they had a poverty mentality till they walked into this church. They said, when, we, when I walked into this house, I realized my thinking was small. My thinking was selfish. My thinking was poverty. My thinking was struggle. My thinking. And they, they, they'd grown up in church, but they went to, you know, uh, an, a Calvinist church where, you know, they were just taught there is no prosperity and God has already predetermined that this person's going to be poor, this person's going to be middle class and that person's going to be wealthy because I probably want them to go to hell. And, uh, and you know, and, and you were just locked in and you couldn't get out and you couldn't, you know, prosper and you couldn't flourish and everything you have, you know, came from God and you should just shut up and be grateful. And like, no, but when they came into this house and they realized, my God, there's no, there's no ceiling, there's no limit, there's no, that I can, if, if God respects his word, God honors his word. If you will put his word in your life, it will flourish. God's spirit is sent into the earth and he, not it, God's spirit, he comes and he breathes over the word of God. He compliments the word of God. He actually brings to life the word of God. He actually executes. He, 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 he uh, gives birth. So when God said, let there be light, the Bible says the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Well, why was he hovering? Because he was waiting for a word. And when God's word went forth and said, let there be light, Spirit of God says, absolutely, and light comes. The Spirit and the Word. Are we a Word church? Yeah, but we're also a Spirit church. We're a Word and a Spirit church. You and I are called to be a word and a spirit people. You and I are called to be sons of Zadok. Let me just finish with this. The sons of Zadok, the sons of Zadok. I don't, I don't believe it's a coincidence that Zadok was one of David's warriors. The reason that we support Turning Point USA, the reason we support First Liberty, the, the reason we support the, the, the Freedom uh, Alliance uh, attorneys who stand for religious liberty. The reason that we doubled from 2020 to 2023, the reason is because we, we recognize that we're called to be priests, but we're also called to be warrior priests. I, I, don't, I don't find it a coincidence that if you trace Zadok, Zadok was one of David's mighty warriors, one of ma and yet he was a priest. I can't tell you how many pastors I've met. They're like, well, you know, we don't engage in the political. Well, you know, we don't, you know, we don't teach about that. We don't preach about this and we don't challenge that. And we just don't, it's, it's like, well, no wonder, no, no, no wonder everything's going backwards. I honestly believe that, that we, spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare is something that God blesses. Come on, stand to your feet. I'm, I'm over time, but stand to your feet. Lift your hands to heaven. Matthew eleven twelve says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. Another translation in the NIV says, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. I think that it's a dangerous thing if we think that we're, that we're just priests and we're just here to mop up and hey, you know, the world is going to hell in a handbasket, but hey, at least we're, we've got our tickets to heaven, first class. Our job actually is to be like the sons of Zadok. Sons of Zadok were born because there was, there was war in their DNA. There was war in, you can't, the reason they were holy when everyone else, you know, became defiled is because they, they, they understood warfare. They understood warfare. You should be at war 
with your flesh. You should be at war with the woke agenda. You should be at war with the compromise and the garbage around about you. You should be at war. You should be at war. You should be at war with those things. Lift your hands high to heaven. There's a, there's a Jewish story. It's not in the scriptures. It, there's a Talmudic story of a righteous preacher who was sent to Sodom and Gomorrah to preach. And every day he would preach. But the men of Sodom and Gomorrah were so perverted, so hard that they rejected the Torah. They rejected God's law. One day this man is sitting beside a well, having a drink of water, refreshing himself before he went out to preach again. And a little 10-year-old boy comes up, sits at the well and looks at him and says, I know you, you're that preacher man. And the, the righteous preacher kind of dropped his head and said, yes, I am. He says, how long have you been here preaching? And he said, seven years. And the little boy says, huh, my dad and my brothers, they laugh about you. They say you preach every day and nobody gets converted. Is it true? Nobody, you've converted nobody? And he said, yeah, not one. In seven years, in seven years. And the little boy says, then why do you keep preaching? Why do you keep doing it if no one's getting converted? And the preacher looks at the little boy with tears in his eyes. He says, when I first came here, I preached with everything I had, believing I could convert them. Seven years later, I still preach with the same fervor and the same fire so that they don't convert me. Father, we thank you right now for your anointing. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for your flow. I thank you for the flow of heaven that flows through every awakened house that every awakened house is a house that brings life, a house that restores what's dead and decayed and defiled and brings life to marriage, life to finances, brings hope into human hearts. And I thank you, Father God, that, 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 that our, our people, even though we enjoy the things of this life and enjoy the things of this world, Father, we recognize our citizenship is in heaven. Father, I thank you that we are people that are regularly giving ourselves to prayer and fasting because we live to higher standards. We live to higher ideals. We live to higher values. We, we, we live up to what God has said, not down to what the world is saying. We live up to God's calling on our life. I thank you for sons of Zadok. I thank you, Lord God, for our priests that are constantly at war with the things in this world. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now. <laughs>